1: It is October 29th in the year 2021. This is the Wrestling Inc. Podcast. I'm Glenn Rubenstein, joined by Alfred Kanawa From the car tonight.
0: Yes, I'm in mobile. the middle of, middle of Los Angeles traffic, ladies and gentlemen. Under emergency circumstances, I would usually be in the comfort of my own home, uh, reporting this from my laptop, but I was uh, at the office, and they wouldn't let me back in the building. I was going to stay late and do this, but uh, now we're in the car, in the comfort of of my hyundai tucson ladies and gentlemen Ooh. but we are going to do this show the show must go on
1: how is the hyundai tucson
0: it's good it's a very nice car very comfortable i'm a bigger guy i like suvs and this is a very comfortable suv could do better on gas mileage but what are well, you do? well yes
1: it's true i'm driving a 20 some odd year old uh ford expedition at this point that uh oh, yeah go. i think i'm getting negative miles to the gallon at this point
0: i grew up in a ford expedition my dad drove one for for years and years it was a very fun car
1: love it i don't think i would buy another one now i just can't in good conscience buy another suv but i've definitely uh, gotten gotten my value out of this one over the last 20 years so tonight smackdown and rampage rampage was taped tonight smackdown was alive before we hop into the shows uh alfred when we uh, started off with a little bit of news
0: We'll talk about AEW Dynamite ratings. It looks like Dynamite viewership came back 941,000. So of course that is way up from uh, I the 500-some-odd thousand they did uh, last Saturday. So back in their regular time slot, way up. But then if you compare that to the last time they're on a Wednesday, it's only up about 10%. So uh, not too much. Uh, it's actually down 10%. I'm sorry. Uh, from the last time they were on a Wednesday. Of course, they were going head-to-head with the World Series, which is very stiff competition, and really is, you know, kind of speaks to NXT doing such a good number. We were talking about this on the Wednesday podcast, me and Justin, that NXT was way up to around the 700,000 range, which is very impressive that they were going up against Game 1 of the World Series. So uh, Dynamite now back, uh, it's under a million, which it doesn't usually do that low, but of course, very stiff competition from the World Series for their holiday show.
1: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean... Good on NXT. That was a fun show, Tuesday, and a fun podcast. Oh, my God, the great response we got to Tuesday's podcast. Oh, yeah, very
0: fun. Love the costumes. We had a good time.
1: Yeah, it was a a blast, man. Uh, What else is in the news?
0: It looks like, you know, the ROH story, which is a very sad story, very shocking story that they um, shuttered, not shuttered the company, but they're going on a hiatus. It's shut down right now. Uh, Of course, they're going to go through final battle and then um, starting next year and around the first quarter, they're going to move forward with the reimagined company. But the latest coming out of the ROH story is that Ring of Honor is now selling its tape libraries. Tape libraries is up for sale. I feel like a story like this comes up every, you know, maybe a couple of years. There was a period about 2017 where WWE was seemingly interested yeah. in their tape library. Still could be in terms of WWE Network having footage for the WWE Network. I could see AEW buying either the whole thing or parts of it, because if people remember, ROH was, uh, uh, or All In was an ROH show. They were working together with ROH. AEW does not own the footage to all in. And you know they're going to want to do, whether it's a documentary, whether it's AEW launching their own network, they're going to want to have
1: that footage. So uh, a lot could happen with this ROH tape library. Yeah, that library is probably the uh, biggest step towards an AEW streaming network. Yeah,
0: no, absolutely. I mean, that would help in terms of AEW owning a lot of that footage, because if you look at the people they have signed in AEW, a lot of them are for different eras of ROH, whether it's uh, CM Punk and Brian Danielson from that early era, you got Adam Cole from the 2010s era, Uh, maybe Kevin Owens is going to come into there, the Young Bucks, of course, are synonymous with ROH, so
1: I could absolutely see uh, AEW making a play for this library. Although, man, I don't know, 2004 Ring of Honor, like, how do you think that's going to look on a 4K screen? Oh, gosh, it's going to be one of those verticals where we're going to have to, or they're going to have to blur, you know, expand it to where it looks very
0: blurry. It'll,
1: it'll be very fun to watch, I guess. Yeah, I think that stuff was shot like on a old VHSC camcorder or something. I mean, yeah, yeah, very rough pretty, looking footage, very rough looking the early days of Ring of Honor. Uh, cool. What else we got? <laughs> We've got uh,
0: Impact and AEW, so their relationship is officially over. What do you think about this? What did you think? I mean, I've never heard anything too good about their working relationship. I never really felt like they took that extra step that needed to be taken for Impact and AEW to have, you know, it didn't have to be an evasion storyline. But I never felt like any storylines were being advanced because of the forbidden door that was open between Impact and AEW.
1: I mean, it was great for Impact, right? But I don't know what AEW got out of that deal.
0: Yeah. I, I don't need it. I'm still trying to guess. I mean, they had a hell of a Impact Championship match between Christian and Kenny Omega, so I guess you could argue that the Impact World title was used as a tool to, uh, I guess, not only further Kenny Omega with the belt Collector storyline, but also, I mean, it's one of the best matches in Rampage's brief history. It was Kenny Omega yeah. versus Christian is their first match.
1: Yeah, I mean... It's very strange to me. Um, I mean, I think, you know, if they would have involved NWA more, like there's probably a lot they could have done with more cross-promotional things. But I think they need to just open it up and not pick one company. Um, Hojo Tugo Balinski, Alfred the Packers own the Cardinals, (laughs) Woo.
0: Yes, they did. The Green Bay Packers uh, did squeak out a victory over the Cardinals, as I predicted on the Wednesday podcast. Hojo actually sent out a super chat asking what our chances were, and I gave a very optimistic look. I said they were going to run the ball. They did. Uh, they got Tunyon involved, and the Green Bay Packers, with half the team ravaged by injuries and COVID, we had no defensive coordinator. We didn't have our best wide receiver. We didn't have our best shutdown corner in Jair Alexander. We didn't have J- J- uh, Zadarius Smith. We didn't have our first, second, and third wide receiver, Marquez Valdez Scandi, and uh, Alan Lazard were out with injuries, but it didn't matter because we have a heart of a champion. And in the spirit of Vince Lombardi, your Green Bay Packers are now the best team in the NFL, beating the undefeated Arizona the Cardinals on the road with half of a team. One of the greatest wins in the historic history of the Green Bay Packers. Go, Pack, go!
1: There you go. <laughs> there you go. Oh, man. The S-Ring of Honor thing is crazy.
0: Yeah, it's really crazy. I mean, I remember when it broke. I was talking about this uh, a couple days ago in that me and Nick Hausman were uh, literally minutes away from going live to start the show with the run sheet. And this thing breaks and we have to completely change the show on on the fly. So I really got to see Nick Hausman uh, do his thing as a broadcaster behind the scenes. And it was very, very um, great to watch because he's very good at his job.
1: Yeah. Kind of crazy, man. Any other news?
0: No other news. I mean, there was a story about, uh, it's kind of interesting, WWE is now looking uh, for shorter referees. That is the <laughs> newest is that they want really tiny referees to make their guys look bigger. Of course, we're in an era where smaller guys are getting pushed, so
1: I guess the refs have to get smaller too, Glenn. So it's like uh, Spinal Tap and Stonehenge, you know, get <laughs> Hornswoggle back as a ref, and I think we got a problem solved.
0: <laughs> That's a perfect reference for
1: that. That's exactly what it's <laughs> like. Wow. 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 There you have it. Uh, so tonight, what did you think of tonight's show? So Rampage was taped, which it's funny because given that Bray Wyatt, I believe, was a free agent again today. Yes. Like, if this had been a live show, I think that even with no Bray Wyatt debut, that probably would have done 100,000 viewer bump just on speculation.
0: I mean, yeah, I mean, if they were to either get the word out the way they did with CM Punk, where it's like word on the street, or if they advertise Bray Wyatt, I would be very interested to see what kind of bump it would do. But I would imagine it would do a bump. Again, they were up against World Series 2, so who knows how much of a chunk. Viewership that took out of it. And then, of course, WWE up to their old tricks is airing an encore of SmackDown head to head against AEW Rampage. So, you know, again, that is not, it has not proven to really take too much of a chunk in terms of wrestling viewers going from one show to the other. It's really, it doesn't seem like AEW is too hurt by WWE's counter programming and vice versa, but it can't help, you know? Uh, yeah. So, uh, very interesting to see. I did think Rampage was a good show. I thought it was a hot show. I loved the main event because I just love Abaddon. And, you know, Britt Baker's always good, but this is, was Britt Baker's best match in months. And I did like SmackDown. SmackDown had peaks and troughs for me, but uh, SmackDown was a passable show, I thought.
1: I mean, I've been in Abaddon stand since day one. I thought the way they introduced her and Santa J is one of the best wrestling debuts I've ever seen, bar none. And I'll tell you, though, man, if they – like, she's over – If they lowered the lights during her matches and kept up the creepy atmosphere and didn't just put a bright light on her, she would be 10 times over. She would be one of the biggest stars in wrestling right now. That's one thing WWE did so well with The Fiend. I mean, the red light was stupid, but giving it mood lighting for a character like that, you you just don't want to see, you know, what's that Henry Rollins quote that he, uh, he played a daytime festival with Marilyn Manson? And it just looked like a bunch of, in the daylight, it looks like a bunch of goths having a barbecue. You know, with uh, the smoke machines going and everything. Like, I think with Avedon, they need to present her better. Um, they're doing her a huge disservice. And that was very apparent tonight in her promo in the main event.
0: Yeah, um, well, I thought the promo was hilarious just because of Mark Henry. Mark I- Henry I sold the hell out of that. I died. I mean, he just kind of deadpanned her where she was like, he asked her a question and she just snarled at him. And he goes, well, it looks like Avedon don't got a comment. <laughs> just moved up from the question. <laughs> I thought that was really funny. But I thought her performance is great, and She just has, and I agree with you, Glenn. I would like some mood lighting. Again, you don't have to go full cartoon, but I would like something different for her matches because she's got just something where she's cultivated that look where I cannot take my eyes off of her. And you look at her, and this is what she's going for. Like, what the hell is that? You Just her eyes and the blood from her mouth. And she does such a good job because there's a fine line, especially in pro wrestling, between cartoon and legitimately
1: creepy. And she walks that line. She does it great Mm -hmm. in terms of looking legitimately scary. Perfect Halloween match. But that's the thing. Think about why no horror movies take place in the daytime by and large, yeah. you know, atmosphere builds suspense. And I think that that's the one thing where that they still haven't gotten right with her. It's the only thing I think holding her back right now. Um, so let's talk about SmackDown. First, we open with Charlotte Flair versus Shotzi Blackheart. Sasha Banks came out to confront Charlotte tonight during this promo. What do you think of Charlotte's promo? And this is this is the top heel. Charlotte yep. Flair on SmackDown. I love it. This is exactly how you should open this
0: show. It's a shame that SmackDown isn't on Mondays because coming out of the weekend, the hot story was Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch, and it just kind of cooled down by the time we got to Friday. But Charlotte did a good job picking up on the uh, actual real-life storylines in terms of her and Becky backstage, her having backstage heat. She had a little shot at the locker room about how when you win a title, you're crying, and when I win a title, it's just Friday. So kind of playing off that idea that Charlotte has been isolated from the locker room. And it's weird because this segment, I liked it. I liked it. I loved when they brought out Shotzi.
1: She was super over, and then I hated what eventually ended up happening, which yeah. I'm sure we're getting into. Well, Charlotte wins, no surprise. I mean, like I, I would have bet money on that. I would bet my house yeah. on Charlotte winning tonight, even unless Sasha, like Sasha interference, but that's out of character. But um, so Sasha goes to help Shotzi up, you know, raise her arm, and then Shotzi pushes Sasha away after losing the match. So we're getting against the Shotzi Blackheart heel turn. Uh, We've got Charlotte as a heel, Shotzi as a heel, and Sasha's going to be the top babyface on SmackDown.
0: Yeah, very, very interesting. Um, I don't like the fact that Shotzi's a heel. It's so miscast. I mean, Sasha Banks, you can make her a babyface. She's just been there for so long and has a following. So when, you know, there are people who are going to want to cheer her. But that character is a heelish character. And the fact that they just had Shotzi, really, she's been used sporadically. So it's not like they were building toward anything. You had her out there. The people want to cheer her. They want to like her. They were chanting Shotzi during her promo. I thought her match with Charlotte was very good. And then he just automatically turned her heel, and it was a real heel turn. Like, this is the type of heel turn you do when you're kind of building somebody up to become a, a heel, because they gave her a lot as a heel, which is promising for the character, but it came out of left field. The fact yeah. that, A, not only did she have a match,
1: which is good, but then her just immediately turning heel, I was so against this. Yeah, I mean, but you know, whatever it takes to get her more TV time at this point. Yeah. You know?
0: Yeah, I guess I mean, so. That's how they want to use her. I mean, I am not—I don't doubt that she can play the role. It's just that she's such a natural baby face. She's really lovable. She's got the tank, man. We had talked about this podcast when she was in NXT. We would talk all the time about how merchandisable this tank is. Like, you could sell a lot of merchandise with Shotzi Blackheart just based on that character.
1: And so what was the catchphrase she introduced tonight?
0: Was it eat my tank? Eat my tank. I, I, I believe T-A-N-K because
1: you know, <laughs> I thought I heard mouth, so I'm not going to repeat, but <laughs> she said tank. There you have it, folks. Um, So, Jeff Hardy's back in a backstage (laughs) segment with Baron Corbin and Riddick Moss. Oh, good Lord. (laughs) We get Madcap Moss. What? I just – am I missing something here with this guy? No. I mean,
0: I don't know what they see. They really love those corny jokes he does. and it's... I mean, as a heel, I guess he's not going to get cheered when he tells you corny jokes, but – It really goes nowhere. It's not good as a corner man, and I don't even know if it would be good as a standalone act. It's just – it kind of goes nowhere. But I did like them in the tag team match uh, later on here, uh, and the crowd seemed to be into it. But this Madcap Mustang, I mean, listen, it's designed to be a heel. It's designed to be annoying, and I get it. Uh, But I think it does walk that line of just like, man, I don't know if I want to see this.
1: Yeah. Brock Lesnar got fined a million dollars. If he needs that money, I wonder uh, who we can borrow it from. (laughs) i love it They forget about it yeah so we get tony on the main roster man or we get brock in nxt yeah i'm sure he'll show up in nxt that would be the best storyline if you own brock money brock defaulted and he came in to be tony d'angelo's tag partner (laughs) hey listen i'd be here for it i mean if he could live up to the star power of tony d'angelo and keep up then i'm here for it yeah yeah Uh, so, uh, we got Paul Heyman backstage. I liked how he did this promo when he was talking about Brock Lesnar, that he slipped into putting Brock over and then caught himself. I thought this was the most interesting straddling of the line that Paul Heyman has done so far in this feud.
0: Yeah, he's very good. Paul Heyman is very good at being subtle in the storyline, which this storyline calls for subtleties in terms of whose side he's on. He's not very uh, overt in terms of whether or not he's with Roman or Brock, and that's great. And I will say about that Adam Pearce promo, it was really just kind of like a, it reminded me of like Inspector Gadget, like the heel from Inspector Gadget. He's on the Zoom screen. He's got this like kind of demonic, I'm going to find Brock Lesnar, really designed to get him booed. So I guess they're going to go with the heel authority figure with Adam Pearce.
1: Yeah, there you go, man. There you go. Um, Drew McIntyre had an open challenge tonight, answered by Mustafa Ali. Drew won, and Mustafa cut a "You People" promo. Yes,
0: yes, he did. He came out. He's. Uh, you think he's going for the foreign heel thing again? Um, after he was celebrated in his home country, it just comes back and um, was uh, right back to the to the "You People" thing, but. I mean, they didn't really give him much, and I was very surprised uh, that Drew McIntyre won this with a Kimura lock, which seems like they're giving him a new submission finisher, which was Brock Lesnar's move. But you know, I guess uh, he's going to be gone indefinitely, and they're really—it's like they're padding Drew McIntyre's record for when he inevitably loses to Roman Reigns.
1: Oh, there you go. I like uh, Mustafa Ali a lot, but I think they could do so much more with his character than this. Oh yeah.
0: He's very talented. He's a good promo. He's got a very three-dimensional story to tell between him being a cop, a dad. I mean, you know, a Muslim American. Uh, There's a lot of stories, and he's a good promo, too, and a very, very phenomenal wrestler. So he's just one of those guys who is just not the prototype of somebody who uh, Vince and these guys would be pushing. And I guess they just kind of gave up on him a while ago. And I really do think that retribution thing just kind of doomed him in terms of putting a bad taste on him, which is no fault of his own. That was just a creative disaster in terms of where they were going with that. But he, I think, took the brunt of it.
1: So since retroactively he was the hacker, why can't he just make us all forget by erasing <laughs> the footage or you know, making it disappear <laughs> from history?
0: He could do that. And where WWE Network never shows it and they just show like a footage of the hacker, I'd be yes. fine with that.
1: Um, this was awesome. We had <laughs> Xavier Woods knighting Kofi Kingston. But before that happened, we had a backstage segment with Hit Row and King Woods.
0: Love it. Absolutely love it. I thought it was just such a a match made in heaven. You know, it's everything I thought it would be. And I like the fact that they were kind of playing like they were in Xavier Woods' court. It was really cool. Um, They're above that. And, you know, I expect them to kind of go their separate ways or whatnot. But this was perfect. I thought this was great. I wanted to see more of it. I wish this would have been more of the in-ring segment. Although what they ended up doing with the Usos, I thought was good too.
1: Yeah. This was just like a little joyful moment. I liked it you know
0: yeah it was really cool cool
1: not yeah um so yeah uh in ring we saw the knighting kofi Kingston, and they were interrupted by the usos are are you excited to see these teams feuding again i am because it even though they've been doing it for
0: years it now suddenly feels for i feel like i haven't seen this in a while and you know they're both talented and you know, as long as they're telling a story, I really like their interaction. I thought uh, Woods is very funny in this segment. I just like that Woods, you could just tell he's having so much fun doing this. So because much fun. He Probably practicing these promos in his mirror since he was a kid. And now he gets to do them out in front of all these people. And These people are just lapping it up and they're feeding off of it so well. And I just think this is going places because they're actually having him win. And I like that they're having him win. They're doing the comedy, but he seems so locked into this character that I, I just love to see it.
1: Yeah, no, I think this is great. I'm curious where they take it from here. So they announced them for the main event tonight. And then we had a trick or street fight with Rick Boogs and Shinsuke Nakamura versus Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss. And the 24-7 conga line interrupted the, uh, interrupted the match.
0: I mean, why not? If you're, they're good. I haven't heard from the 24-7 division for quite some times, it feels like. But, uh, you know, I guess it was good. If you're going to have the 24-7 division come out on this show, it might as well be the, during the comedy match.
1: And interrupted uh, by some masked men, uh, who turned out to be Angel Garza and Humberto Carrillo, costing Boogs and Nakamura the match. So Happy Corbin and Madcap Moss got the win.
0: Yes, um, you know, I guess there's worse things that Garza and Carrillo could be doing than showing up as goons, like a good thing, or ghouls. It's a good thing that I guess they're doing something with them. I will say this about this match, because there's a lot of controversy coming out of AEW Dynamite, and they had that very comedy-filled match, which I actually absolutely loved. Uh, The Ghostbuster Elite against the Dark Order, who was all dressed in costume, and they had that great payoff at the end, but a lot of traditionalists and maybe people who liked the wrestling a certain way did not like the comedy that they went. But if you listen to the crowd, they were super into it. And that's the same argument I'm going to make for a trick or street fight. I'm not a big fan when WWE does matches like these where they're throwing food and stuff like that. But this fan, these crowds were hot for, you know, the pumpkins they were chanting, we want pumpkins. And they were super into this match throughout. So, I mean, you really can't argue too much with results.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, God, I'm just thinking, remember that NXT, God, this would have been maybe what, 2016, NXT Halloween. They had like a house show. And but it was all like like Finn Balor came out in Bailey's gear and all the guys were doing like DX stuff. Like I like when how these Halloween things are like looser and just more fun. So I like yeah. that. I like when people play around with it, you know? Definitely. Yeah,
0: I think we got a couple of spectrums of Halloween booking, is that they did the comedy thing with the Halloween food and candy and very lighthearted on WWE. And then an AEW we saw them actually go for the horror movie type Halloween. And I thought they were both pretty effective. Yeah.
1: AEW's main event was so good tonight. But if the lighting yeah. had been darker, it would have been so much better. Uh, on SmackDown, though, Naomi versus Shayna Baszler. And, man, they are keeping this going. Uh, Sonya Deville, as the ref, insisting to be the ref tonight. Because there's a ref shortage. Get it? Shortage? <laughs> um, <laughs> yes. uh, Shayna got the win. When does Naomi get to kick Sonya's ass? Because that's really... That's the fireworks factory I'm just waiting for them to get to. I love that that's the question. I'm asking the same thing. And I like how they've paced this feud
0: to where, you know, you don't want to wait too long where she just keeps getting beat and the people give up on her. But I like the fact that they're building toward this. Uh, Sonya Deville keeps stacking the deck against Naomi. So this is just another example of it. And eventually, hopefully, by the next pay-per-view maybe, Naomi is going to get a shot at Sonya Deville I'd like to see maybe a stipulation match where if she is able to beat Shayna Baszler she gets five minutes with uh Sonya Deville that'd be a lot of fun but there's a lot of ways you can go with this they just don't I don't want them to wait too long before they get there and I will say I loved Pat McAfee throughout this show I just I thought Pat McAfee was great being so disgusted with uh, Sonya Deville and getting across that she's abusing her power and he was great in the trick or street fight i think he actually kind of made that match for me and how he was reacting to things and quoting lil wayne from a millie which is one of my all-time favorite songs
1: well there you go No, pat adds a lot to it um i was trying to think about this tonight why is it pat is over the top and it adds so much and when jericho is on commentary at 11 the entire time i just want to be like dude you don't have to fill all the silence like you just tone it down just a little i think that's right Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think Pat's like at like a maybe nine and a half. Like he's just before it starts getting obnoxious. I think he toes that line well. And he's also very witty. Not that Jericho's not, but Pat McAfee's very smart and funny with what he says. And not only is he loud, but he's able to be funny as well. So I think that's why it works from Jericho. As much as I do like his commentary in certain spots, I just think, especially with the four-man booth, it's so, it's just very grating uh, how he just screams everything, and he seems to get tripped up with uh, Ricky Starks there. And I don't think the four-man booth setup works,
1: especially for Jericho and his style. Well, and the problem is that he's doing the, like, worst version of improv yes ending. So yeah. it'll be like, uh, you know, Eddie Kingston, he's really vital. Vital? Talk, he's like a vicious animal in there! You know, yeah, it's just everything yeah. is just like I need to one up it and yell my my little uh exclamation point on this.
0: You know? Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with that. And especially with Taz. I mean, there are times where I do think Jericho's good, but I do think it's predicated on what type of booth he's in. I think a two or three man announced team is fine, but man, and he does sound like Sam Kinison. I, Chris, Chris Jones. Jones is right.
1: So right. Yeah. It's just too much, man. And I like Chris Jericho. I love his podcast. I love the work he does in the ring. His social media feed uh, is really entertaining. Like, he's really good and he's a really funny guy. But I just feel like, yeah, it's, it's just too much, man.
0: Yeah. It really is. It, I mean, it, it was very painfully clear throughout the show. And there was even this spot during the Abaddon match where it's like no disqualification. And he trips up and he says, like, they got to follow the wrestling protocol and break the ropes. And they like, no Jericho, no DQ. Well, they still got to follow the protocol. <laughs> and it's like, gentlemen, take the
1: L, my guy. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. So Shayna Baszler won. Uh, to be continued. Uh, And then we have the main event tonight, the Usos versus the New Day, man. Uh, And the New Day getting that win. Yeah, good match.
0: I have very high standards for them. So, you know, not their best match. I've definitely seen them do better. Uh, But it was a good main event. It was a very good television main event, I'll say. And I'm glad that uh, the New Day won because I think the key to this, if you're going to do the King Woods thing, you're going to give him all this time and he's going to play this character. He he really should be winning his matches. That's what made King Booker so great. And I I do see some King Booker in this character. I feel like... Xavier Woods is bringing his own flavor to this character and he's doing a good job, but he is influenced by how King Booker played it. And that's how I think he's playing it. Uh, So the fact that he won, I think, is good. And they really should keep him strong by winning. And I mean, if you look at this show, it's really being built around Drew McIntyre, the bloodline and the new day. And like what King Woods is doing this, he's got a lot of TV time. He got a backstage segment, an in-ring segment and a match tonight. So it really had come up for him since winning this King of the Ring.
1: And no Roman Reigns tonight, which is why Isa isn't here in protest. She said, you know, yeah. if "Roman's not on the show; I'm not on the show." And that's just how yeah. it goes.
0: She she has to stand strong with Roman Reigns, man. So uh, I understand.
1: I understand it, man. I understand it. Uh, just imagine the first NXT 2.0 without Tony D'Angelo. Those ratings are just going to be nothing.
0: You know? Nothing at all. I, I mean, almost the fact that he didn't like. If he is not on any of these shows moving forward, you know, you might not hear from me.
1: People ask, like, well, you guys are really into him. and I'm like, you know, I don't even know anymore. It's just, it's become its own thing. It's We've become worked its own thing. Uh, we have. We absolutely have. And I think, I think the wrestling community has as well. Yeah. There's you know? we, nothing wrong
0: with it. That that's what made NXT so special in the first place, is you would just embrace something like a blue pants. Perfect yeah. example. Blue pants was just kind of ironically funny because she was a jobber. But then it's like, no, no, we really actually
1: love this thing. Man, and that's the thing, like the best fan participation I've ever seen, like the most enthusiastic fans like NXT live shows. There's something about it, man. There's absolutely something about that. And I think with SmackDown, that was part of night tonight too. I thought like the crowd was just kind of, they were into it in spots, but I don't know. I mean, I think it was, it was a tough show.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't, I, you know, the crowd is definitely picking and choosing. I felt like they started out hot. Uh, they were into the new day and whatnot, um, into the pumpkin street fight, but yeah. there were moments where they just hit a wall and they just really kind of didn't do much.
1: Um, so over to the rampage we open, man, talk about just some of the experiences tonight. And I don't know if you ever think about this. I think like, isn't it cool that we open with Shotzi and Charlotte and we closed with Abaddon and Britt Baker, like great bookends of, uh, you know, fresh, uh, women's wrestling matchups. We went right from the Usos versus the New Day. You flip the channel, Brian Danielson versus Eddie Kingston In an incredibly vicious, intense match that uh, didn't quite go the time limit, but I mean, that was a very long match, very uh, entertaining. I mean, what did you think of this just to kick off the show and how those two segments worked unintentionally back to back? I
0: liked it a lot. Yeah, it was definitely a different match than what we had just seen on SmackDown and i really did like it i thought it was unique and it's just more of you know brian danielson really kind of a late entrant it's funny because it's like would he qualify for wrestler of the year because he came in late he's having a lot of these great matches late um he took a kind of a while off after he left wwe but i mean uh what i love about this run of brian danielson is that he's having so many different matches with so many different performers. I mean, this was different than the match he had with Dustin Rhodes, uh, way different than the match that he had with Bobby Fish. And uh, I just think, you know, obviously Kenny Omega was a whole different thing. So I thought that this was very good. I thought they did a good job talking this match up with that promo that they did on Wednesday, talking about their mental health, which was an incredible Mm. uh, way to play it. And I really love that, you know, you wrestle a match like that, that you know was competitive based on the story they told. And, you know, they both personally wanted to win this match. And when Eddie Kingston lost, he was pissed off and they showed him being pissed off. And it led to a feud with CM Punk. So, I mean, I thought they were doing everything right with these two.
1: With Brian, it's interesting. I mean, we talk about wrestler of the year. It's like, I think almost by the criteria you could say in the 1980s, some people would say like Imve Malmsteen was like the greatest guitar player. But then for other people, they were like, okay, Eddie Van Halen might not be as technically proficient, but I like his flair and style, you know, and pizzazz a little bit more. So I think on a technical level, I think Brian Danielson there's a very good argument for that. Yeah,
0: absolutely, I and mean, that's you hit the nail on the head because he's he's very technically sound and and that we saw a lot of that here, maybe too much of it in terms of being technical. That's the one nitpick that I maybe would have, but I thought this was really good.
1: Yeah, in fact, uh, uh, John Moxley, you know, is like like the Eddie Van Halen to, to yeah. Danielson's imbe. Uh So <laughs> Moxley's going to win this against Orange Cassidy, right? Like it's going to be Moxley versus Brian.
0: Yes, I could see that. I, I mean, when I'm looking at this tournament, if you were going to fantasy book it, I saw that it would be Moxley. And obviously, if you saw Tony Khan's playbook on the sidelines, it looks like they're going for Jon Moxley versus Brian Danielson, which makes complete sense. And Jon Moxley has just been working like more of a heel with every passing week. He pretty much murdered poor Preston Vance this past Wednesday. That was about as close as you can come to somebody legitimately getting beat up in a wrestling ring. Uh, and they're really trying to convey that John Moxley is just getting angrier and saltier by the week, and I think um, he's going to lose to Brian Danielson and then turn heel, and it's going to be a big angle at full gear.
1: I mean, that being said, I would love to see Orange Cassidy versus Brian Danielson. Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think, think that would be a fantastic a lot
0: of match. I wow. think, you know, traditionalists might not like this. I think they would have more of an Orange Cassidy match. And I think Brian Danielson would be all too happy to get as silly. Like, I bet you ever since Orange Cassidy became a thing in AEW, Brian Danielson has in his mind been thinking of all the funny things that he could do. Because Brian Danielson, as I mean, he wrestled a comedy match with Kenny Omega in the past. I believe that was an ROH. He's wrestled comedy matches and he's very good at it. And I think him and Orange Cassidy
1: could have a really funny comedy match. Well, Mr. Mike 307 is a good point. A lose to Orange Cassidy could throw Moxley over the edge. If he if Moxley goes heel and beats the crap out of Orange Cassidy on Dynamite, that's pretty good. That's pretty good storytelling.
0: Yep. Oh, yeah. definitely, yeah. And they set this up on Rampage a couple of weeks ago where John Moxley beat the hell out of Wheeler, Wheeler Yuta in, like, seconds, and then uh, Orange Cassidy just kind of gave him this look, like, what the hell, man? And so they're yeah. setting up some tension between them. And if they want to kind of pull the trigger a little early and have Orange Cassidy win – Sure. Why not? Turning heel on Orange Cassidy, I think, would be a lot more brutal and send a lot more of a message to these fans than him turning heel on Brian Danielson.
1: Well, I'll tell you. And uh, so Brian Danielson won tonight by submission. Um, Backstage, they beautifully set up Eddie Kingston versus CM Punk. We're getting that, right? That's got to yeah.
0: happen. Yeah, oh, for sure. That Definitely. That'll be you know, CM Punk. And again, we're getting a little better in terms of star power with CM Punk. I'm really excited to see the promos between Eddie Kingston and CM Punk because this is what I've been kind of waiting for. And I think what a lot of people have been saying about CM Punk. But I, I am starting to get at my wit's end in terms of him kind of being wasted in these just regular wrestling matches. That's oh, never yeah. what made CM Punk appeal to people. He made his money on his promos and storytelling. And if there's none of that and we're just going to see CM Punk at this age having a wrestling match, that's just not going to cut it. And uh, I yeah. think him and Ed Kingston can have a good story in terms of the promos they can cut. I'm very much looking forward to that. No, we need to get rid of all
1: shucks Phil and bring back CM Punk. Yes, yes. I think he's coming. I think he's around the corner. Yeah. Uh, Pablo Duran, $5, saying, uh, Mr. Glenn, salute. <laughs> Wilfred, salute to you Wilfred. as well. Great analysis, bros.
0: Wilfred. <laughs> I'll take it. Yeah. Wilfred was a show on FX. I don't know if you're familiar with it. I oh, mean, he's yes. calling me Wilfred, I guess, instead of Alfred. But it was a great show with uh, uh, Elijah Wood, was it? Yeah. Um, and the dog that only he could see. Oh, an awesome show. Very underrated. It was one of my favorite
1: shows. I watched probably the first two seasons, and then I came back for the finale, and that made me exceptionally sad.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The finale was very sad, but Wilfred was really good. Very unique idea for a show. Very I love it. Very
1: unique. Absolutely. Highly recommend it. If you haven't seen it out there, go check it out. Yeah. Um, So, and and tonight's show, man, watch that Brian Danielson-Eddie Kingston match. That was really, really good. Um, Yeah. I I felt bad that, like, this had to come between it because we went right from that uh, and the CM Punk build to Matt Seidel versus Dante Martin with Leo Rush, their third match. What'd you think of this?
0: I mean, it was wrestled well. I mean, this was definitely put in a come-down spot. I guess uh, Dave Meltzer reported that there was a lot of people leaving after this uh, the Kingston-Brian match, so maybe the crowd wasn't where it should have been. But, I mean, these two are phenomenal wrestlers. And Dante Martin, I mean, is a star in the making. I know it was supposed to be like a tag team match, yeah. Uh, but uh, they had to kind of scrap those plans and so it ended up being singles, but I really did like Leo Rush as a manager and those ridiculous glasses he was wearing and just playing like the softball dad, like standing up on the apron, barking instructions at Dante Martin. They're really playing up like Leo Rush is almost an abusive dad where he's ordering him what to do until Darius Martin comes back and then the you know Darius Martin's gonna, I guess, rescue his little brother from Leo Rush, which could be a fun story in and of itself, but I will say... There's money in top flight and Leo Rush, like having trios matches. I need that in my life. I, I want to see that. But again, this was the crowd kind of hurt this match. I felt like, you know, it was put in a bad spot,
1: really. Is he okay? So is, uh, is Leo, he's going to wrestle again? I mean, is that oh, yeah. happening?
0: Okay. Yeah, it was supposed to happen tonight, but uh, I believe uh, one of the side out brothers was injured. Um, yeah. So they were not able to do the match. But Leo's definitely going to be wrestling again.
1: Yeah. So in the meantime, he's the uh, Jake Shuttlesworth to. Uh... Yeah, that's what he is. Yes. <laughs> you and me. Only people that get that reference. Uh, okay. Uh, man, the soundtrack to that movie was awesome. Uh, Tina Miller, $5. Eddie Kingston is my favorite in AEW. He tells a beautiful story. I'll be at Dynamite in December. If he's out there, I'll be like Issa with no Roman.
0: Uh, yeah, that, that, no, he's great. I mean, Eddie Kingston, that is such a, I tweeted this the other night that it's such a valuable skill to be able to get people interested in your matches just with your promos. And he does that better than almost anybody. I mean, they had, what, a couple of days to promote this match on a Wednesday just in a backstage promo with Brian Danielson. And that's one of the best
1: things on that show. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you, man, this main event tonight, uh, you know, not to harp too much on how great the show started and ended. And yeah, I mean, and uh, Dante's win was good. I mean, the match was fine. But man, this main event... Was one of the most unique women's matches we've ever seen from a major wrestling promotion. I mean, they like WWE, even with their no DQ, extreme rules, hell in a cell women's matches, they didn't go to thumbtacks and blood. And I mean, this was something else.
0: Yeah. This was, um, and here's what I like about it, It played into the horror of Halloween. So it wasn't just, we're going to do a fun, they called it a trick or treat match. And so you're still kind of in that comedy mode in your mind after having just watched SmackDown, thinking, oh, they're going to do comedy here. And even when you saw the opening promos, they were being kind of silly with it in that Abaddon disappears and Mark Henry is, I thought Mark Henry was phenomenal. And, And so you're thinking they're going for a comedy vibe, but I thought they did a great job of just making this a brutal scary match i mean abaddon is a superstar if they want her to be if they give her more tv time and they foster this character like you were saying with the lighting and just kind of giving mm-hmm. her more she there's nothing like her in wrestling it's i mean i know you could maybe say like malachi black which i would love to see those two together as Mal- kind god, of black, yeah
1: but malachi ain't that creepy
0: no she you look at her and it's legitimately I, like if i was a kid i would be terrified of abaddon and even if an adult you look at her like god like what the hell is that and I thought yeah. in addition to that, she was great at playing up that character. And um, and they had the hardcore. It was Shades of Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker. I mean, you know, you can't say it's that good because it's an iconic match. But it was along those lines. I really
1: did love this match. I mean, someone go through and, like, toss this match into Final Cut or Adobe Premiere. Like, bring down the brightness. Like, uh, you know, apply some vignette filters over it. Like, yeah. this could have been an all-time classic. I'm telling you, the lighting is really what killed this. But great match these two wrestled uh tables thumbtacks thumbtacks in the mouth with going to do her finisher like just this was so freaking intense i absolutely loved it and abaddon whose record has been insane took the l tonight
0: i didn't like that i love that she bit breakers bit breakers hand when she was trying to give her the lock shot which is just such a perfect spot for her but i didn't like the more i was getting into this match i'm just thinking abaddon has to win this like i would be completely her beating brit baker under these circumstances you know and um because I want to see it again and I, I'd want to see her kind of elevated there, but you know, I, I, I was uh, I, I thought that they made a misstep by having Abaddon lose this match. I get it, I mean, you you want to keep your champion strong, and Britt Baker is headed into a feud with Ty Conti, so you don't want her losing going into that. So, I get it from that standpoint, but just watching this match in a vacuum,
1: I thought Abaddon should have won. And in fact, they could have even pulled something where Halloween Abaddon like has supercharged powers, they could have <laughs> done. I mean, seriously, they could have done a lot to give her this win tonight. And that would have worked too, right? She could have got the win. And then, you know, in November during the title match, doesn't have the extra powers anymore. So she loses.
0: Possibly could. I mean, now you're kind of tempting faith in terms of, you know, coming off of the the Ghostbusters match that they had, and then they're going to give somebody powers where, but listen, there's ways you could do it and work. I'm not against that, uh, but with Abaddon, absolutely she could do a supernatural thing we used to see the undertaker bring upon on like lightning all the time yeah. so you do some special effects thing like that it is within that wheelhouse of that character so i would never problem
1: with it oh man you know i know it was pre-taped but if they cut to backstage like bray wyatt like putting pins in a brit baker voodoo doll or something
0: oh ho, ho, ho. the cult
1: of wyndham i would love that yeah i think that's the problem with these tape shows because i was thinking that too i was like like you, I was like, Abaddon's going to win this. And I was like, no, wait, this is taped. I would have heard about it if Abaddon got yeah. the win. Everyone right. no, would be talking about that.
0: They'd be talking about how they beat Brett Baker. Yeah, absolutely. Where do you think Wyndham or Bray Wyatt is going to end up? Do you think it's going to be Impact? Do you think it's going to be AEW?
1: <sighs> I mean, the problem is if it goes to Impact. I mean, like, this is no offense to Impact, but, like, wrestling, there are some wrestling podcasts that have bigger viewerships than Impact Wrestling yeah. has. You know, like more people would rather listen to Bruce Pritchard talk about something that happened in the late 80s on any given week than tune into Impact.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's legitimately true in terms of the numbers he does. Um, I think that might be what incentivized them for maybe paying him a bunch of money as they would hope that he'd bring a bigger audience. But there's only so many people who are going to watch on that channel that they have. They really need a better TV deal, really.
1: Yeah, no one even knows what channel it's on. So, look, we know it's not going to be Ring of Honor. Um Uh, Billy Corgan... Billy Corgan should raise the money to do this. Billy Corgan should do two things. Raise the money to hire uh, Wyndham. And then two, like, just, like... Even if he has to give away a piece of the company, get a better TV deal. Because if you don't have a better TV deal, like, there's no... There's no point, right? Um, Right. So, I think AEW... I don't know. There was that that photo of him outside Warner Brothers. Now, I know Warner Brothers doesn't own AEW, but there is synergy there. Like, I don't know. I mean, you know... I think the smartest thing, thing he could do would just be go straight Hollywood, but I think he needs to stay relevant and do something in the world of wrestling to cultivate yeah, his
0: absolutely. audience more. And there's still money to be made in the world of wrestling. And it doesn't surprise me at all that he's getting uh, offers from Hollywood. I think he'd be perfect in those roles. And, you know, he put a picture out on social media the other day where he's working with the guy who picks his mask, who does a great job. Um, and, I think, I I don't know, it would be a weird fit for him in N.W.A. I think N.W.A. does such like traditionalist wrestling and they're kind of that old school studio vibe that they used to see in the brick days that, I mean, Bray Wyatt, if he is this theme character, would stick out like a sore thumb. And I don't think in a good way in N.W.A.
1: What if he comes back as Husky Harris?
0: Well, there you go. If he's Husky Harrison, you know those boots he used to wrestle in with Husky Harris, those Texas cowboy wrestling boots, is very NWA, very of that
1: time. So that would fit like a glove, absolutely. That's what he should do. Is he should do like a three faces of Foley and sign different deals with different promotions. Oh, listen, that actually is genius. I haven't even thought about that, but that would be one of those things, kind of like a
0: Brian Pillman esque thing, that like mm. a very innovative thing that we haven't seen in wrestling. Where, <laughs> I wonder if you could do that. That would be really good. With independent promotions, especially, listen, when ROH comes back, they're going to be pretty much operating in that independent model where it's not yeah. going to be a player where there's going to be non-competes and you can't do that. So you put together an ROH, and Impact, and maybe an MLW, maybe an AEW yeah. if they're willing to do the Forbidden Door. I'd love it.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's just so much life and so much he could do. And I think he needs a version of the character like the muscle man, Bray Wyatt. You oh, know. yeah. Yeah. Impact can have that one. He can go to I Impact th- with the muscle man.
0: I have to imagine w has all kinds of,
1: you know, legal. Hey, they, they don't own Zubas, man. They don't have a copyright on Zubas. <laughs> that is true. You just to...
0: Yeah, tanking Zubas. That'd be fine.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pete Pablo Duran, $5, saying, Wilford, my best friend's name. Auto corrected. Great show it was, though, Alfred. Love you. Love you, little bro. Great job. Keep up the greatness, y'all. Hell yeah, Pablo. I'll take Wilford. Again, you reminded me of how much I love that
0: show. I might go back and watch it now that I think about it because I haven't seen it in years and I just remember being so entranced
1: by it so i'll take wilfred you can call me wilfred nobody else i go through cycles with fx shows and we've been really into what we do in the shadows lately the new season of that which was really good um i guess why the last man already like debuted and got yeah. canceled i was about
0: to ask you about that because i read the comic book and i was uh, yeah. you know i haven't heard the show yet
1: no I, I-, I guess it, did, it got canceled already they didn't finish the first season i read that comic when it first came out i never finished it i still need to go and see what the how they resolved everything but that show was in development for like 20 years. So it's wow. crazy that, yeah, and like at one point it was going to be a movie starring Ryan Reynolds. And then it was going to be a TV series multiple times. And so it's crazy that it debuts and then gets canceled like instantly.
0: Wow, that sucks. I, I hate when like the comic book series type shows get canceled like in the middle. That's what happened with Jupiter's Legacy, although I did not like the show at all. I mean, the comic Jupiter's Legacy was really good. Then they had yeah. that Netflix show, and it was awful. It was It was not
1: good. I didn't figure it out, but what was this tease today with Iron Man, like the, from the Netflix series today? I don't have to look at that. There was like they oh, tweeted no. a picture of uh, what was named Finn Jones, whoever played Iron Man, like him. And it was like teased that something was happening there. I don't know. Allegedly rumor spoilers if you don't want to be spoiled. But, you know, the hot rumor for the next Spider-Man is that we're going to get Charlie Cox showing up as Matt Murdock oh, wow. uh, in a cameo. You know, Vincent D'Onofrio has been teasing and perhaps A Return as the Kingpin. So who knows? But uh, yeah, comic book series are tough, man. I mean, like, I loved Runaways. Runaways is one of my favorite series of all time. It started strong and this really went downhill. Powers was a shit show. That, like, aired on the PlayStation Network. Oh, no. I don't know if you've ever read that comic. Like, it was Brian Michael Bendis. It was like Law and Order in the superhero world. Right.
0: Okay, no, I haven't read uh, Powers yet. I think I've heard a thing or two, but I've not read. that. So uh,
1: uh, yeah, the TV I've show read- was absent. What's
0: that? Edgar you Invincible? Yeah, yeah. And I love the cartoon. Yeah, me too. Invincible is my favorite comic ever. And I thought the cartoon was...
1: Yeah, yeah. Invincible is really... It set the standard, I think, for me. Yeah, I think that's really good. I mean, for me, Runaway... Like, the comic book Runaways was probably my favorite of the post-2000s. Probably followed closely by Jessica Jones uh, with Alias, which... That show was okay, but season two really went downhill. It's just tough. Yeah. Anyhow, I can hear Raj in my ear saying, get back to some wrestling talk. Uh, But no, look... uh, Abaddon lost tonight. I just, I feel like Abaddon has, even with all her wins, man, like she, they just got to kick her up and not to take her to the next level. I, I like in my mind, she is a top five asset for AEW. Some people might find that really controversial, but I just think if you look at like marketability and, you know, maybe type five asset in terms of like a more homegrown talent, you know, yeah. maybe even overall. But she's someone that I think the sky's the limit with if they they package her and push her right. She's
0: somebody the women's division needs because I feel like the women's division is is good in AEW. If you look at that TBS tournament, it's clearly loaded with talent. Uh, They don't feature it enough, and there's something missing in terms of that supernatural, just different oddball character. And I think Abaddon fills that hole in terms of just making this division now very eclectic in what they can offer. It's not just a bunch of good wrestlers. Now you have this fully developed character that I think – uh, the, the women's side is lacking, not on a fault of their own, but just on um, how they're being developed. Like Ruby Soho, obviously, is great. Thunder Rosa is, is a good character, but she doesn't get featured on TV as much as I think she yeah. should. And um, what they're doing with Britt Baker is great, but they need more characters like that. And I think Abaddon's one of those
1: characters that I would want to see every week. And that was so good tonight to see Britt like shook. But yes. That, that was very, very nice. Because we, we don't see that in most of her feuds. Uh, I am Vish... With a Super Chat Punk, Brian Return is getting a bit underwhelming. Wish they made it more like the Rock Austin Returns back in the 90s, 20s with some solid storytelling. Or 90s, nice 2000s, not the 20s. So yeah. Like 90s, 20s, like the 1920s, you know.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Frank Gotch era. <laughs> but I, I wouldn't say Brian Danison. I would say with Punk, um, I haven't had a problem with CM Punk, uh, you know, cutting promos and doing the victory lap. I just think it's like this guy's been saying that his body feels like trash. That you know he's clearly you know he's in his forties, and so you really want to bide your time and and don't waste his matches. And I don't like them just wrestling these meaningless matches. I want him to now start getting involved in real storylines.
1: Yes, Nightmare News saying Iron Fist. Did I not say Iron Fist? Did I say something else? It's been a long day. I'm very tired. Oh
0: yeah, I think yeah. Iron Man.
1: Iron Man. Sorry, Iron Fist. Yeah, Iron I Fist. I apologize. Which is weird. I feel like Tony Stark died. Spoilers. And like, we all stopped talking about Iron Man.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: It's very weird. It's very weird how quickly the public just was like, that was a good run. Let's give it a rest.
0: Maybe it was time to hang it up. Maybe he's been in one movie too many, but I, you know, Tony Stark is a, is a, you know, Robert Downey Jr. Rather was a great Tony Stark.
1: Yeah. No, I agree. Did you watch what if on Disney plus? No, I haven't
0: seen that yet. I want to see. That's a cartoon where they have the multiverse and everybody comes together like a royal rumble, right?
1: Well, no. So, um, so what if is based on the long-running Marvel series where they literally like the first, the first what if in the comics was what if Spider-Man actually joined the Fantastic Four and they became the Fantastic Five. Um, oh. So, they, and, and what they did the first one for the Disney Plus series was what if uh, Captain Carter, what if Peggy Carter became Captain America, basically oh, got okay. the Super Soldier Serum. Okay. So they do like this whole story. The funny thing is in the comics, like a lot of them were kind of fun and there were some really dark ones. There was one I remember as a kid, like basically what if Jean Grey just like, what if Dark Phoenix just killed all the X-Men? And I read this when I was like 10 years old and I was like, this is some dark, (laughs) dark shit that is going down and this issue of What If. So the TV series was fun. They had, like, one What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord. That's a really fun <laughs> episode. I highly recommend it. But then they started doing, like, the Marvel Zombies story. Then they got, like, all really dark and depressing. Oh, no. Jesus, yeah, for a cartoon, like, Yeah, like, What If Ultron Won? Like, it's just, yeah, like, it really, like, it's good. And the last one was, was really good. Uh, they're bringing it back. But I recommend it if you like those sort of World self-contained stories. Like, it's great. Yeah, I'm definitely going to check it out. Yeah. Mr. Mike saying, what if this was a wrestling podcast? Uh, Ah! It's Friday, Mr. Mike. Mike. It's Friday. from one range. (laughs) (laughs) No, but look, these uh, these were good shows tonight. SmackDown kind of flew by, but you could just tell when they're on FS1. Tonight, it felt like... This is actually... Speaking of alternate realities, what if theories, if AEW had won on FS1. I wonder if they would have just given it up and and did what they did tonight, but it felt like they didn't try as hard tonight because they didn't have something to prove. They seemed pretty confident they were going to beat AEW tonight. Uh, in the ratings, not with the overlap, but just in general. They were going to have the, the thunder going. You know? Right, right. Yeah, it wasn't really, you know,
0: none of these shows even had that much of a sense of urgency, like they were going to showcase something grand. I felt like they were just trying to get past these shows. Didn't even have Roman Reigns. On SmackDown, which, you know, or Brock Lesnar. So very kind of underhanded in terms of the star power. But um, I'm very interested to see what happens. I think they were just kind of looking at the World Series and they're just waiting for the World Series to be over because it does do damage to to these WWE and and even AEW. I'm very interested to see what happens.
1: Yeah. There you go. So that was Friday night in wrestling. We're going to be back here Tuesday to talk about NXT 2.0. Oh, what's Tony D'Angelo going to do this week? He might be on I Last Legend finally.
0: Yes, we get the payoff.
1: Absolutely. Cool. Alfred in the car. He's said This Is Nasty. I'm at Glenn Rubenstein. And we'll catch you back here next time on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care, everybody. Have a great week. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite
0: thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink,
1: consider this a sign.
0: Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Right now, get zero-dollar delivery fee with any purchase of fifteen dollars or more. Only in the app. At participating McDonald's minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply. Not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.